Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? Well, like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch. The Big Issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop. The Citizenship by Investment Program, known simply as the CIP, is no stranger to controversy. Indeed, since the passage of the CIP Act in 2013, there have always been proponents and opponents of the program. Proponents have argued that it is a strong source of public revenue, attracts investors to Antigua and Barbuda's tourism and real estate sectors, creates employment for CIP professionals, and that many countries maintain such programs. Opponents have argued that it reduces citizenship to a commodity, diminishing its value. They also argue that despite the mantra of selling citizenship, that CBI programs are about selling passports, that it's about the benefits Antiguan and Barbudan citizenship has overseas rather than at home. Regardless of what one may think of the program, it has been in uninterrupted operation for some seven years, has contributed immeasurably to public expenditure in a myriad of areas, and has become a backbone of public revenue. Now, one of the things that those affiliated with the program have always been careful to do is to emphasize that it is a citizenship scheme and one of high standards, transparency, and due diligence. So it was rather surprising when a promotional video surfaced in which one of the nation's agents, Kevin Hossam, appeared to market the passport rather than the citizenship, and in what many have said was an unseemly fashion. Do you want to buy a passport? I'm sure you think this is illegal, but selling passports is my job. Meet Joseph. He's from Syria. And just like every parent, he wants the best education for his son. The school that he chose only allows foreigners to enroll. This is why he needs a second citizenship to make it possible. So Joseph discovered this little island that sells passports, Antigua and Barbuda. This is where I live. My country sells citizenship, and I am a citizenship agent. Joseph applied in three short months after a hassle-free application process and a clean criminal record. He made his payment and became Antigua's newest citizen. Even more fantastic is that his son can look forward to a better education and a brighter future. And the best part is, it's legal. That's the audio from the video which featured the agent spinning around in his chair to face the camera holding up a passport. It also featured scenes of a passport on top of stacks of cash. On this segment, we'll discuss what potentially went wrong that led to this video's creation and release, whether its representations are crass, as some think, or justified, and what lessons can be learned going forward. Joining our panel discussion this afternoon, we are happy to have Mr. Richard Frederick, who is an attorney at law and a commentator. He has served as a Minister of Planning in St. Lucia, Minister for Physical Planning, Housing, 
urban renewal and local government. He is also, or he will be contesting the next general elections due in St. Lucia later this year, vying to win the Castries Central seat, which he has won on three consecutive occasions. We're happy to have you, and good afternoon, Mr. Richard Frederick. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Now, as well in this program, we should be joined by Mr. Vance Amory, though we're having some difficulty getting him on the line. But uh, Mr. Amory is a former Premier of Nevis, and he served in that office from 1992 to 2006, and then again from 2013 to 2017. He was a federal member of Parliament in St. Kitts and Nevis for 32 years and retired in May of 2020. He has been an advocate of citizenship by investment programs as an avenue for economic development for small island developing states. And we'll let you know when Mr. Vance Amory joins us. Uh, but to begin, Mr. Richard Frederick, uh, the reaction that the video has solicited from the public, much of it online, uh, and a lot of discussions surrounding it, uh, and a lot of people were concerned that it was uh, crass or, or, or undignified in some sense. Do you think that's a fair characterization, or do you think that um, people have exaggerated in their reaction to it? I don't think there's any exaggeration, you know. Um, that is not to say that um, the CIP program is not something that is needed by the countries in the region, but to put it across in such a crass, undignified manner, um, in my humble view, appears to be prostituting citizenship or prostituting the sovereignty of, 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 of the member state. And, um, you know, whilst it is necessary that the government of the region, we have no natural resources, we see no oil, no this, no that, no gold, um, and therefore we need to raise revenue in whatever legal manner that, that we can. We still must do so in a dignified manner, and, and obviously I would lend my voice to denouncing the manner in which uh, this ad or, or, or this adventure came across in Antigua Barbuda. All right, and uh, overall, having uh, taken a look at the video yourself, what did you make of it? I mean, just your overall impression watching it start to finish. Mr. Frederick is an attorney at law, as we said, and a former minister uh, of government in St. Lucia. Uh, we're also joined uh, by Mr. Vance Amory. Uh, we gave his bio already, but uh, he's a former premier of Nevis, uh, and he's uh, a former parliamentarian in St. Kitts and Nevis for 32 years and is now retired. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Vance Amory. We'll go on, Mr. Frederick. Um, the question I think we left off on was uh, mm -hmm. your overall impression of the video, having watched it from start to finish, especially the visuals. Yes, I was saying that, you know, my impression of the video does not in any way, shape or form um, impact on my general appreciation for the necessity of the CIP program in the various member states. Um, like I said, uh, most, none of the countries, very few countries would have natural resources which can drive the economy. I mean, most of the countries survive on taxation and tourism. Um, agriculture, please, is secondary role. Hello? Yeah, we're still with you. We can hear you. Yeah, yeah. Agriculture plays a secondary role. And therefore, it was imperative that the, the countries seek to raise revenue in a different manner, albeit in a manner that may not necessarily um, be embraced by all and sundry. But um, looking at the, 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 the video, it's like, uh, you know, it, I mean, there are people who do things to survive, which may not be illegal, but may be denounced morally. And when I see the countries being almost obligated 
to engage in, in, in those CIP programs, which essentially is the sin of passports. But to put it across in such an undignified, crass manner um, is, is uh, actually healing the prostitution of sovereignty, which in my view um, is what the ad seemingly depicts. Right. Uh, coming back to you, Mr. Richard Frederick, um, the yeah. CIU unit, and that's the Citizenship by Investment Unit, has already uh, stated publicly that uh, the video uh, does not represent the character of the program and that it is inquiring into the matter. Uh, but I want to ask you, what, what would you expect to see uh, any CIU do in such a case? I mean, uh, let us put this in the context of St. Lucia, for example. Um, if, if there were to be such I, a promotion I, I video. Believe, I, mm. I, I believe... Um, Sanctions has to have to be imposed, really, really. And and one of the man, the ways I see it being done is withdrawal of the agency from the specific individual, because if you are involved in such a sensitive program, in a program that the countries unfortunately have to engage in to raise much needed revenue, and you're putting it across in in in, in such a deplorable manner, undignified manner, then I think they need to reassess who their agents are and to instill in them the sensitivity with which the whole issue has to be approached. All right. And um, in terms of the, well, in fact, let me, let me follow on from something you just said. Um, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but did you suggest that the, the, the agent um, themselves should uh, lose their, their ability to, to, to market Antique and Barbuda citizenship? Well, if if he does that and he does that publicly, you you, I mean, the mind it, it wouldn't be far fetched to to uh, uh, probably think of how he's going to do that in, in in a closed circuit. You understand? I mean, he has diminished the 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 value of citizenship. He has diminished the value of sovereignty, and um, I don't think he ought to represent the agents in my view, continue representing the being an agent of the government of Antigua and Barbuda engaged in the CIP program. But that, again, it's my view. Mm. Um, the, CI, the CIU may want to deal with it differently. All right. And um, to the issue of the, uh, for instance, we have in Antigua and Barbuda an association of, of CIP agents. Um, they mm -hmm. don't often volunteer public statements, if not solicited, uh, though this is not to say that you, you, you can't uh, get into contact with them. Um, but what do you think, in the context of this video, what is the role of such an association in setting standards, do you think? Well, you see, the, the, the thing is, I believe, I believe, first and foremost, that association needed uh, to have instilled in its members, um, you know, the kind of diplomacy that ought to be exercised when engaged in the operation of that program. One must understand, if we look up too far from Antigua, St. Vincent, in the OECS, St. Vincent Rafa said categorically that he will never institutionalize the CIP program in St. Vincent and the Grenadines as long as he remains prime minister. He believes that even sentient passport is a prized possession, sovereignty is a prized possession, and he will not diminish the value of citizenship by just selling to all and sundry. And in most instances, we don't have the capacity to do due diligence on some of those applicants. Those guys see this, this as an avenue to get criminals off wherever they are. 
You know, look, look at how many criminals, wanted criminals, have accessed those programs in the region and have, and have been able to evade justice because of those programs. Well, let me ask you, let me ask you, you, know, let me ask you in that yes. context, in the context of um, a number of instances that we've seen uh, in various programs in the region, um, by far, of course, not the, the majority of instances, but uh, we have, of course, seen in various programs instances where uh, persons of, of ill repute or persons who are later shown to be uh, not of the best standing uh, have from time to time uh, managed to obtain citizenship. And then, of course, after that, um, rectifying measures would need to be taken. In light of, of that knowledge, do you think it is all the more important uh, how the program is, is presented to the public? Exactly, of course. Because when one says passports for sale, all it did was comment for criminal, criminal record. Look at the instance we have here. I mean, in the region, it's a fact that there are fake COVID certificates being sold on the open market. We had a situation here where a tourist from England came into St. Lucia on the 30th of December and died 10 days after on the 9th of January. And it would be reasonable to conclude that he came here with his, with, his, with his coronavirus. As to how he entered, it may just well be on a fixed certificate. So when those guys, when a man... And welcome back. Uh, we were just uh, sorting out one or two difficulties there. Mr. Vance Amory, can you hear us now? I, I can hear you. Yes, I can. Yes. Okay, excellent. And your, your audio is coming through quite clearly. Uh, we're going to get Mr. Richard Frederick back on the line. But uh, Mr. Vance Amory, if I could just put some of our initial questions to you. Um, we've, of course, had a lot of commentary on the issue, uh, the issue of this video. A lot of commentary on social media, a lot of commentary, a lot of discussions on, on various programs. Uh, do you think that the reaction, which has mostly been a negative reaction, a, a characterization that the, the video was, was a bit crass, uh, do you think that's a, a justified characterization? Do you think people are overreacting? What is your view? Well, my, my thing on the citizen banishment um, program is that we are never to categorize that as selling passports. I think that cheapens and it's and it really makes the whole exercise one of almost seem as if the governments are mercenary. I think it is a legitimate um, process, a legitimate program, one which has been utilized by other countries, US, Canada, the UK, to get investment. And that is what really we should be looking at. It's an, a program through which investment could be attracted to our countries to provide the, 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 the revenue, provide the means by which governments can have a, another avenue of, of economic development for tourism, for providing the services in education, in health and infrastructure. Those are the areas, the, that's the way we should be promoting this program. I think you know, categorizing it as we are selling passports really does not do us any good and it, it creates the, the kind of negative um, connotations surrounding the program which I, I think um, we really have to avoid. It is not a good thing to do that because it is that is not what it is because if it's a matter of selling passports 
then the issue of going through the process of attracting programs and attracting applications and assessing them doing due diligence and and those um, aspects of the program would not be necessary well, let me ask you um that, let me ask you uh uh, how have you how have you responded then over the years to uh, the opponents of the program who have said that um, exactly what you've said in in a different context, which is that they feel it is the uh, the lessening of citizenship and the comparison to other programs where um, you have persons seeking citizenship uh, in order to actually come to the country and reside and so on, and you've heard a criticism of Caribbean programs in that uh, essentially what persons are looking for is the benefit of another travel document. How, how, how have you responded to those criticisms? What, what, we, what, what, we, have, what we have said is, if, if we look at the, the, the program and the, in, in its totality, look at the process by which the, the passport and the citizenship is granted, it, it is not, it's not like selling in bread in the market. This is a program which requires a proper proposal to be given from the applicant through the, the agency charged with um, promoting the program to indicate the, the level of investment and the benefits which that investment will bring. Now, there has been a um, call for or whether or not we should require persons to reside in, in, in our countries once they have been granted based on the proposals given and the due diligence which certifies that these people uh, or the persons applying for the, for the, for the citizenship are uh, bona fide, that they're persons of good standing. There has been, been called for persons to be a requirement of residency. That is something which we could add or could consider adding. That might be the only area that we uh, that I see um, as a drawback, but to have a a physical investment which benefits the country, which provides uh, additional employment, which uh, which um, provides the government with the revenues based on the fees for processing the investment and for interacting with the developers. In, the, in our several countries, I think those are laudable mm. efforts. And uh, quickly, just one more question before I go back to Mr. Richard Frederick, and there's a question I put to him as well. Um, he suggested that in his view, he um, sees it as reasonable that the agent responsible for the video uh, should no longer be an agent. What do you think uh, should be the outcome of this? Well, I... Do you I think am, the agent I'm should be dismissed? To, do you agree with I'm him that the agent should be dismissed? Or, you know, on the, the policy or the way in which the government of Antigua and Barbuda will deal with that. I think the agent should really be, be called in. There should be serious discussions and there should be some form of censorship. Um, if there's any repetition, or I, I think there should definitely be uh, consideration for whether or not the license should be continued because it is really not a good image which is being painted of, of, of our countries when we go down that road in that kind of Cavalier away because I think what that is saying is, is all about the agents making money. You know, I, I am an agent. I, I get a passport for you, but it's more than that. And I think the 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 the, the, the training and the the conditions of licensure must be considered because it is certainly not just selling of passports. It's a much bigger thing than than that, and much more far-reaching and impactful. 
based on the fact that our small countries become cash become strapped in terms of being able to to further its development and that here is a legitimate constitutional legal um, process which is being used to help with the development of our countries. Oh, and coming to you, Mr. Richard Frederick, um, the issue of the local CIP Agents Association, I believe my last question to you was uh, what do you think their role should have been in, in setting standards and, and even responding to a, a situation like this? I'm not sure if you f- finished your, your statement on that question, Mr. Richard Frederick. Yeah, I, I was saying um, essentially that the, the, the unit itself should engage in discourse with those agents and um, to at least equip them with the sensitivity with which they have to deal with that kind of situation. Like I said, it is not something that the, the small islands really want to do, but they do it because they have the resources and they see it as a legitimate way to raise revenue. Although one would understand, um, in, in St. Vincent, like I said, Ralph has said on a number of occasions that as long as he's Prime Minister of St. Vincent and the Grenadines, he will not diminish the value of a Vincentian passport, citizenship or sovereignty by getting involved in that program. What is noteworthy against the background of the coronavirus, St. Vincent and the Grenadines, in the absence of resources or finances from the CIP program, was the country that performed the best in the OECS. I mean, all countries um, experience negative growth, but when you have St. Lucia at negative 28.5% and, and um, St. Vincent only at negative 0.3%, you now ask yourself whether the, in the influx of revenue from the, the CIP programs in the various regions, whether those funds are being put to good use. Well, let me ask you, uh, Mr. Richard Frederick, on that issue of uh, the COVID-19 era and how the CBI programs mesh with that. Um, we've seen massive shocks to government's revenue streams in line with, of course, major yes, declines indeed. in tourism. Um, and C- yes. CIP programs have become more vital. Um, do you yes. see, in terms of the future of the programs, uh, given the COVID-19 era, do you see any future, uh, any near future, in which we are any less dependent on CBI programs? Well, you see, the sad reality is most of the small island states have budgeted, they budget around, you know, the budget revolves around revenue from CIP, um, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. So if you, were to, if, you were to, if you were to extract it, then invariably it would mean that other mechanisms, other um, tools would have to be devised, other tools would have to be devised um, to replace that lost revenue. But... Sadly, um, you know, we have become dependent on that revenue. And, and Mr. And, um, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was going to... And I don't see the small island states being able to dispense with that revenue stream and to farewell if they do so. And Mr. Vance Amory, um, CIP programs in the, in the COVID-19 era, what are the implications of this, uh, as we said, uh, massive declines in, in state revenue? Uh, what are the implications for the programs? Well, I think the program could continue to be a very significant part of the government's, government's finances. Uh, I, it is necessary that the diversification of the economies um, ought to have taken place. But we've seen with COVID that the main industry and any um, sector which hinges on tourism has taken a, a beating. 
and that employment has fallen, um, income flows have fallen for that, that industry, and, and therefore one sector, which is the CBI, um, which does not um, have, uh, fall prey to the same negatives of the, the COVID or any other pandemic for that matter, because this really is, is a, a, an industry or a program which is conducted via the, the telecommunications. Yes, people need to travel, that there's a, a tightening there, but I see that CBI pro program has to continue to be an important part of our continued diversification of our economy. And in St. Kitts and Nevis, I think we have been able to keep a steady ship because of the, 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 the income and the inflows from the CBI. And in the, in the upcoming year and in the future, the Prime Minister has clearly stated that we will strengthen the CBI program, certainly make any um, adjustments to ensure that it is, it is tight, that it is efficient, and that you know it is it is foolproof as far as possible, so that we do not lose the integrity of our program, and that it threatens our revenue inflows. And very briefly, I'll ask you um, an issue which has always been contentious within CBI programs, uh, as in, sorry, which is the use of the revenues, uh, and we have had. Uh, many technical officials and many external financial organizations that have advocated that the programs be used for things such as infrastructure, things such as debt servicing, uh, almost exclusively. And we've had others, uh, especially government leaders, who have argued that um, the program's revenues uh, should and can be used for budgetary support, and, and that has been a practice of some governments. Where have you fallen on that that issue? Well, my, my thing, in, um, Mr. Burdock, is this. Government revenues are for the management of the government. And I think the government has to be able to prioritize the use of whatever revenues come through. It's in, it's in coffers into its consolidated fund. And the use for budgetary support, because the, the infrastructure and the creation of jobs, anything that, that those are all part of our budget, a budgetary process. We cannot disaggregate and, and segregate those things and say, well, we are having um, a, a stream of funds for a specific area. It could be done, but if you have a, a pool, that pool is budgeted in accordance with the demands which are made on the government for infrastructural development, for services, for health, for education, for payment of salaries. I do not see that there's anything which, which is wrong with that. And what is important is that there be uh, um, prudent management of those resources. And, and we, we look then to budget more effectively, to manage the ex expenditure more efficiently, to make sure that we, we can uh, get the best returns for whatever project we are, we are engaging in, so that we, we cut um, excesses, we cut waste, to make sure that we do not overextend our expenditure of resources, whether it's from the CPI program or from property taxes or from business licenses or taxes, those things are immaterial as far as I'm concerned. I think the government must be the best judge of that. And the best judge would be whether or not at the end of a budgetary cycle, the infrastructure is done, the employment is there, services are provided, and that there can be a surplus um, 
you know, for, 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 for the year. Right, and um, we have come down just around to the end of this segment. Mr. Frederick, are you with us? Yeah, I'm there. Okay, lovely. I'm there, I'm there. Yes, give, give us your final word. Take a minute and give us your final word as we wrap up this segment, and then I'll go to Mr. Vance Amory. Sure. Um, well, I do believe that, um, you know, the region generally needs um, the revenue derived from the SPI program, but, um, you know, we must do it in a manner that safeguards our the dignity of our citizenship, our our sovereignty, and we cannot do it in a declassy manner, we cannot do it in a crass manner, we cannot do it in an undignified manner. Let us engage in it, but let us do it with the white preserving the the, 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 the the value of our citizenship and sovereignty. And Mr Vance Amory, your final word as we end off this segment. Yeah I really um, support and have supported the CBI program um, over over the years and will continue to do so provided we ensure that the integrity of the program is assured, that we do diligence. We do not want to have a program which is um, infiltrated by persons who are of dubious character and the, the revenues which are derived from the program certainly once those revenues are prudently managed in accordance with the developmental programs of our several governments, I feel that the program has a, a, an important role to play. The resources are necessary. And I said, where we have no um, concessionary loans from the international in financial areas where we've got high debt, it is uh, an avenue through which we can manage to provide, continue to provide the development need for our people um, using a legitimate tool, using our, our skills at negotiation, using our skills at managing the process to make it benefit the people of our countries um, you know, for, for years to come. Mm. All right, we want to say thank you to Mr. Vance Amory. That was the, the voice of the last speaker you heard there. Uh, he's a former Premier of Nevis, and he served in that office from 1992 to 2006, and again from 2013 to 2017. Uh, we also want to say thank you to Mr. Richard Frederick, who joined us from St. Lucia. He's an attorney at law, and he has been or has served as a minister in St. Lucia for planning, uh, physical development, urban renewal, and local government. Thanks to both of you gentlemen for joining us this afternoon. Thank, thank you, you very much. Thank you. Does your car make a squealing noise and or your brake pedal vibrate when you apply your brakes? Like brake pads, brake rotors don't last forever. Rotors wear and can also become warped. Your brakes are one of the most important features on your car. At Kendall Auto Care Machine Shop, we can resurface your brake rotors without removing them from your car, saving you time and money. Visit us for a free inspection today. Call Kendall Auto Care at 562-1362 or visit us at the Factory Road Branch. The Big Issues is brought to you with the kind compliments of Kendall Machine Shop.